Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Good evening, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Three Devs and a Maybe podcast with myself in the blue corner, Lewis Keynes. I am a website developer, have been for about three years. Blimey, that's gone That's gone quick. And in the red corner with an impressive record of, uh, I don't know, zero infinity loops uh, <laughs> in his whole career, uh, Ed, the oh, player plenty man. plenty of infinity loops, mate. Plenty of wild trees, pretty much. Um, yeah, hello, sir. Hello, hello. Is it, um, are we, are we on our own, are we? Where I think are we they? are on our own today. This is going to be an interesting one. The red and blue corners. Talking about red and blue corners, actually. Um, I just came back from... So um, Dave's got uh, Connect. Uh, we're living in the past now. Connect, you know, on the Xbox 360. Oh my god, that's where it detects your movement. It does. Stuff. It's pretty cool, scarily actually. good at it as well. Um, it's not as good as like the PS4 or like the um, Xbone, but mm. it is pretty insane. Like we've got it in, hooked up in the living room downstairs, and I've just come back from playing like some like pretty much like sport games. So I'm exhausted. Boxing on it is pretty interesting. It turns out Amy's very good at boxing, which scares me. Um, so I'm not. She's, gonna she's quite good at most sports in a weird yeah, way. She is. She's just naturally gifted at kicking people's backsides. So yeah, the red and blue corner, the golf course. I oh, don't need that. Then this in is my it. Pride. Actually, that will show your domain. Well, there is a golf <clears> game <throat> on uh, the Connect as well. Not quite oh, sure how it works. Yeah. So maybe next time you come around, we'll have to uh, play red and blue corners. I'll be interested to see if I can putt on that because my putting is dreadful anyway. I actually got. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit this on a podcast that is downloaded by literally millions. The millions of millions of people at home who do not download this. Yeah, hi, no one. <laughs> how many? How many downloads are we at? Have you looked recently? I are we, got a clue. Are we doing all right? No. It, it, I don't do it for the downloads. If if one no. person listens to it and likes it, then awesome. You know exactly. And my, and and as as usual, my mum says she loves it. Got well, nice this is it. You see she... exactly. You know. So it's, it's a way of good. you know, it's way of like saying hi to your mum, you know. Hi mum. Exactly. Funny enough, speaking of playing computer games, I've been doing a little bit of gaming this weekend and oh, I'm not a gamer you? at all. You? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. What Check me playing? out. No. We've been we've been away to Windsor, which where we were, nice obviously place. went a few weeks back when we went to the races and had a very messy weekend. But we've been at my brother and sister in law's and they've got um they've got a little and Mikey. I say little and he's thirteen now and probably taller than me as most wow, people are. That is kinda of scary. And, and I suppose you've obviously well, obviously you've known him since he was a little wee lad, so it's kind I, of growing I up and Exactly. And I'm suffering to this evening with what can only be described as wee shoulder. <laughs> I think. It's uh, yeah, it's quite painful. Oh, he's got, he's what, got, what I didn't even know he... this existed. What? He's got a Wii U. Have you oh, heard of the Wii, Wii U? U? Yeah, yeah. How is it? Is it's, it good? Is it better than it's the Wii? really like... good? Yeah. Oh, well, I think so because it, it, it has this like pad thing that's got a screen on it, and whoever's got the pad can watch it on their screen as well as on the main TV. Oh, so you can have like a split screen kind of. I think scenario got one. He, like Mario Kart. I really want Mario Kart Eight. That that's why I would get a Wii U for. Oh, for me, you can't beat the original Mario Kart on the SNES. The SNES. Oh, that, that's for me. See, for me, N sixty four. Mario Kart sixty four was my goal to go to, and then Goldeneye obviously on the N sixty four. Yeah, no, I, really, love, I, I love it. It's so good. I switched off after after Mario Kart SNES once they tried to improve on that, which I didn't, you know, really? keep it as it 
Yeah, I'm joking. But yeah, anyway, we played this uh, this Mario game. Well, first of all, we I can't even remember what the first game was. It was like a fighting game where I had a sword and I had to kill people. Okay, so standard, pretty standard. W- waving my arms around like a mentalist. It's pretty much like a, d- a day in the office, isn't it? pretty much yeah and uh after about four or five swipes i mean obviously i was killing everyone left right and center you know yeah, as you do. it's like it's like you know get finding those bugs and taking them down boom Ex- exactly but boom, it's an half your shoulder and i've got a bit of uh, forearm pain as well so you know these games they're fun but they're not good for you <laughs> yeah exercise not good for you guys like just no. stick to the computer sit in there with like a high energy drink you know and just yeah typing away that's that's what three devs and maybe recommend. Exactly. Have you been? Do you still get much exercise? Did you go out on your lunch breaks and stuff? Um, not as much as I want. Um, I think the next. So this this month has been dry January. I think. Oh next, yes. And yeah, I think the next thing in store will be probably either getting the gym membership or just trying to find workout time in the day to do some exercise like maybe even walking around at lunchtime again it's really hard because of the timing like I get back so late and by that time then I want to eat and go to sleep and yeah it's a bit of a pain so I think lunch like um oh that's all right Amy Amy's here now oh well hi Hi. come join us there you go Amy we were just talking about hello um, how are you how are you we have Amy live on the podcast yeah and we were just talking about the uh, Xbox, you kicking people's butts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just won at, um, baseball. Really? See? She's kicking people's butts. Christ alive. Like that. That's how you do it. Um, but, yeah, so what were we talking about again? Pause. Hit pause while we were trying to remember yeah. what we were talking about. What this could be embarrassing. About? Oh, yes. Uh, walking, exercise. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. So trying yeah, to find yeah. it throughout the day and stuff. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes and stuff. And we will, even maybe at the weekends, will probably be the time. I suppose the problem being in London is, there's, you know, where do you go? Well, I mean, actually, there's quite a lot. Unless it's you want just, to walk around. It's just the timing, really, that's a bit off. But... I mean, yeah, it'll be fine. Anyway, anyway, enough about me. How about you, sir? How about me? What do you want to know? Uh, I want to know any... how your week was. How was my week? My week wasn't too bad, I think. Isn't it weird how a week can just go by and you think, what did I Is actually it... do in that week? And you can't remember I any of it. I reckon you probably coded and did some programming. And you may uh, have sat ne- on next to and facing a computer screen. Yes, I did. Every, si- okay. every single day, funny enough. Well, there you um, go. I am like a psychic. My days are going, they're quite fun at the moment. I'm, I'm going into work at about, I get there about quarter past seven. I get an early train because I decided to get, I, I'm better off trying to do tutorials and stuff when I'm at work rather than at home because obviously you're in that kind of mode yep. more so. And I've been trying to do these Photoshop tutorials. Oh, yeah. as I, I think I mentioned it last week. Yeah, yeah they're going really, really well. I, I, I really enjoy them. I wish the guy that was tutorial series on it actually did, like, covered loads more things. Because he's he's really good and makes things really clear and stuff. Really? So I'm oh, doing awesome. all these. So is he a graphic designer all... then at heart? Then the guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all these funky things with boxes, and you know, I'm loving it. Photoshop oh, you is so cool. Your, your graphic design. I never thought. Well, just, I just just learning little bits and bobs and stuff. You know, I think I don't think it does any harm to. Oh no, not to try all, and have a bit of a visual eye on, mm. and, on and I mean, things. Especially like if you know, if even if you don't apply it and actually use it, it's good to know what's possible and how you know, kind of feasible for you know, in the designer role, you know, like what a designer can do, because exactly. they, they're very much similar to what us. You know, they know if they know a bit about HTML and CSS and stuff like that and code, they know what's possible our end. It's vice versa, yeah, Ditto, almost. I just think I think in 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 particularly in the web game, the more strings to your bow that you can have, the better. 
you know, whether it's front end, back end, frameworks, technologies, anything, you know, the more strings to the bone. I just find Photoshop really fun to use. I think See, that's, it's just that's so cool, amazing. man. Like, because like, I just, I really just enjoy coding. Like, that's my thing. Um, yeah. Designing to me is kind of like, I try it and I barely dabble, you know, kind of get through it. And, and I really just, you know. Have I you mean, used Photoshop much? Um, I used to use it a bit, but now actually at work, uh, Will, the designer, he's very much into Sketch, mm-hmm. which is a Mac only app, but it's pretty cool actually, especially for web Sketch. stuff. Sketch. Um, it's paid for, but it's only like 80 quid compared to obviously Photoshop's ridiculous pricing. Um, but it's a really good application actually. Um, and actually today I was using it because my, uh, we and Amy were in the morning, she will rub it in that she actually didn't design the better logo but we were like helping design my dad's logo for his company and yeah is so she's she just better at, at, than all of us at everything, she's just better at everything than me that's you had to point out a weakness I, I, i'm the weakness is being the best no. um <laughs> i think you know it's we will we, we, we'll, we'll leave programming alone and I, I won't let her try that in case she's better than me at that because i want one thing you know she's probably a dot net developer oh, on the side or net, like oh that. absolutely you know dot net dot so, net uh, so our colleagues then, they've been out for a run today, I gather. They have. They've done a half marathon. Half marathon up in London. Congratulations, Well, no, no, they've guys. only done, as, as one of Mike's very supportive friends pointed out, they only did 12.8 miles, which isn't quite a half marathon. Oh, come on. So That's if not he's nice. using Strava, which he obviously is, and he sees 12.8 miles, why didn't they just go around the block again? What was, you know? uh, what, what, so, so hang on, so it's 27 miles to a... 26, I believe. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. Is it twenty six on the dot? Possibly. So they need like thirteen something, maybe. Yeah, and they oh, only got up slackers. To slackers. That's all I can say. But I have to say, they did it in two hours, and that and I was. I that thought that wasn't too bad when that I saw when great. I saw they. I'm kind of jealous. I, I do. Really, it really has kind of made me think. I really need to get back into exercising like that. Well, I've, I've told you that twice a week I'm I'm walking straight, running home from Tunbridge to Tunbridge Wells. Yeah, that's impressive. How, where do, where way do you go then? I go up Gravel Hill, which is um, anyone who lives around the Kent area has been to town. You know Gravel Hill, the no. one that goes up to the... Oh, yeah, actually, maybe I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A21 South Road. I, oh, yeah, yeah you do that way. Wow. I'm literally on my knees by the time I get to the top of there, and then it's all quite flat. And, oh, that's awesome, right, man. But it's four and a half miles, and... That's good. I've been getting into the system of doing a bit walking, a bit running, and trying to do it on a bit of a interval training, I think they call it. And it's supposed to be uh, supposed to be quite an effective way of training, rather than just going at one continual speed the whole time. But I, I, my best so far in doing that was on the Monday last week. I did it in fifty-eight minutes, which I thought was quite a good time. But when I see today, they've obviously run twelve miles, which is nearly three times that in two hours. I realise I've got to up my game. Ah, you know, at least it's, hey, at least you're doing something, you know. I mean, probably that's... find out that they stop for a cup of coffee halfway yeah. round as well. <laughs> or Fraser's just a. He is, he is, yeah, he is like a Greek god at this stuff. He seems to defy most rules. So, <laughs> so, so but, at, at work, what are you working on at the moment? I'm, again, most of the week I've been working on this CMS that I've been building. I guess we could go into that a bit more tonight. Because mm. it's, it's been an interesting project. And I've, I, I've decided to continue working. Yeah, because you know, so, so are you still looking into Symphony? And... Yeah, I've been doing some more tutorials on it today, actually, funnily enough. Are you enjoying it still? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's amazing. I really do. I, I didn't even realize there's there's the the app console doctrine generate crud thing yeah, on the command yeah, all line. The doctrine stuff and <laughs> you could actually do quite a lot in Symphony without even writing any yeah. code. It's yeah. quite frightening. 
It's good. How, how much of it are you using at work? Are you using all those commands, or are you just kind of um, working on existing? You, oh well, you do use. I mean, like I, I, I tend not to. I kind of not use the commands. Just like copy and paste, like template code that we already have. Like the bundles, kind of have a structure. And typically, the... sorry, go on. You I would say like typically now what we do is we kind of not the the the, the in thing now, and, and a good thing actually is is to kind of make your code uh, framework agnostic. Yeah. So it's not tied to that framework. Yeah. So what we typically do is we have this idea of like packages that are outside of the framework uh, that have their own composer files and everything like that. So they're their own run, their own things. Packages that you guys have made yourself. Yeah, like internal okay. packages. Um, and then what we do is we then, we have like a bridge that kind of, so we have the package and we have this bridge that then actually bridges the gap between the infrastructure, which is Symfony. So we have like maybe a bit of glue code that allows Symfony to then use this package, but the actual logic of the package is in in that package. So what, how are they written? Are they are they just are they written following they're, they're code? Written, or? Uh, they're written just PSR four. Um, they're, they're like packages you get off Packagist, really, but they're specific to the company. Yeah, and the bund and you know we, we bridge it with bund. You know we have like uh, bundles that are shit because the the app that we use well. The apps that we have are an admin and a marketplace split up into two separate Symphony apps, and we have shared uh, bridges or bundles through, uh, that are shared between the two of them. Then they have their own separate ones. But yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I, I think that's a really good way of doing it because you know, kind of one one nice way that um, that I kind of learned was to not even think of the framework at all when you're mm-hmm. building these things like yeah. just don't even don't even use the framework structure that's what uncle bob robert martin you know he doesn't want us when he gets into looks into a bit of code like looks into a code base he doesn't want to know that it's a rails app like you can know it's a rails app you know it's a symphony app you know he should want to see the problem that you're trying to solve yeah and absolutely. that's you know like you know the solving the problem that you have not you know if if he just sees all this kind of glue that is just you know the infrastructure it, it kind of messes it up you know so having your domain your logic for that you know you can look at these packages and you can just see okay this is solving that problem and you know it does have nice separation of concerns you know that that's solving the problem in an agnostic way and then you know that you know you've got a bridge in the symphony where you actually then you know interact with it and it kind mm-hmm. of has that separation. You know, they have their own test. They have their own unit test. They can be tested and separated out and, and used as they want on their own. Yeah. But at the moment, you know, delivery mechanism is Symphony, And we use, you know, glue code for that, you know, bridge code for that to, you know, hook it into Symphony. So I really enjoy that way of doing it. I quite like that philosophy as well of not knowing or not even thinking about what kind of the backing code is. Not well, you, not even think about what framework you're using. Because, do, you, uh, do you think this is a risk that a lot of developers that get shoehorned into being a... Well, uh, certain kind of this is the trouble. framework well i think this is the thing everyone thinks about frameworks they they all think of having frameworks you know being like checklist you know it's like and you know because you see it on cvs and stuff like i do this framework this framework this framework this framework it's like well it doesn't really matter what framework you use like as long as you can solve the problem and then hook it into you know i, I think that's the thing like it's not the framework it's you still got to make the website you've got to solve the problem it's solving the problem yeah. that you have and you don't need to think about the, the you know the delivery mechanism while you're doing that you can just think of the core domain and what you're trying to solve so mm. you know one of the things that Kvan did when we when we first did our first project when i was started working here was we actually just brought down a clean repo that was just a base composer we've got you know test folder source folder we didn't do anything with symphony we didn't touch any of the main code base and we just made this package inter like just you know on the machine 
you know, just doing it test driven development why you know, TDD style, and it was great. And it was like, whoa, we're not even looking at, you know, and then we hooked it into Symphony and it worked fine. And it's now got this package that we doesn't need to rely on Symphony. It doesn't have the complexity of having to be Symphony bound, which is awesome because it actually does make things more confusing if you think about the framework at that time as well. It's nice to know that you can use it and then just do kind of whatever you want yourself within yeah, that. and you can show and someone and, if, and they can see you just it. your problem. They can just see your problem, not the problem of solving a web framework as well, because that's what Symphony does. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, so, so, on, on a big project like sort of the, the way you work then with your company, it's a big building company, isn't it? It builds a big, uh, not a building company, sorry, you, you maintain um, a, a, comp- a large, uh, yeah, like uh, tradesman base. Yeah, so how does how does the whole Symphony framework tie into that? Then, what kind of bundles do you have, and what kind of packages um, have you? How is it? How is it? How is the code base all kind of broken up? And well, so how does so it work? You go into like you, you've got because um, Symphony is very good with kind of allowing you to structure it the way you want. Um, you know, and you've got you know, so we have two applications in there, two separate. We've got our main folder, and then we've got two separate application folders, which are their own Symphony two applications in their own right. Um, and then inside there, mm-hmm. there we've got the bundles, and you'd have you, we have different bundles for different things, and we've got you know so we have the bundles folder that then has um, you know the bridges which are you know kind of the glue in between you know our you know our packages and the code you know for actually delivery. Yeah, and yeah, that's about it. Really, I mean, it really is quite a simple symphony build. Like there is no nothing special about it as such and, and there shouldn't really be because it's just kind of a delivery it is just a delivery mechanism you know the way that symphony you know the way that we get a response you know is by get responses by the request object uh, in symphony and we pass that into our our packages you know and they handle it you know in yeah. the way that they want to handle it they don't know anything about symphony they don't need to we can pass just you know standard data structures or you know DTOs, data transfer objects, if we need to, you know, that are to do with the package itself. But yeah, it, it really is. You don't need to convolute the two problems, which are quite. I really enjoy. I really like the idea of not overcomplicating and convoluting those two things. Yeah, they're separate sure. problems that you can solve at different times. Mm. So, what kind of specific things are you working on at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I am working on some updates to our feedback system. Uh, which is All quite right. fun, and yeah, so so I've been doing that this week uh, at work, and that's going pretty well. And in my own time, um, I've actually been playing around with more JavaScript stuff. Okay. So, <laughs> looking into the whole React stuff that I spoke about last week, and kind of yeah, really getting into JavaScript stuff again. There, was, I found a really good. Um, it was paid for, but it's a really good course online. Um, it's called Functional JavaScript, and it's a front end master's course. Um, and it's very, very good. Um, Where I'll was this through, sorry? This is a paid for like, front-end masters. I'll send you the Front-end link. masters, okay. Yeah, it's very good. Um, but it's like proper hardcore functional programming. Talking about the Mamie Monad. Well, talking about functors, like category theory, functors, maybe... Uh, functors. A functor. Functor is a category. Well, it's a category. It's a, it's a type of object that really can be just has this method called fmap which allows it to be mapped over it's like a container i can't explain it exactly i'm sort of tr- learning kind of how to express it because then a maybe no no sorry then a monad so a functor is something that <laughs> allows you to if you, you you map over it meaning you run a function over it and it contain it then stores it back in the same container okay but then a monad over the same <laughs> container but Sorry. 
but monad monad but Jesus. it replaces it you, you, the function returns a whole new uh, uh monad instead of being able to wrap you see a whole new container is that an acronym of... for something or no or no monads functors, or... functors applicative functors uh monoids yeah it's pretty crazy just, math just sounds like stuff. what what should what should we call this <laughs> Mo- monad it's it monad, is pretty, yeah. but it's so awesome like being able to compose this and this course gets you into currying compose composition partial application and stuff like that so really awesome and so i've been kind of learning that and, and one way i've been experimenting with that is through js bin um you know you've got like yeah. js fiddle and stuff mm-hmm. like that and there's like a css can't remember the one that chris coyer does can't remember code pen yeah it might be code, code, code pen, pen. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Code pen I think. and then like js bin seems to be the one that i feel is the best it's so awesome you're able to i, think I found that it, it debugs for you as well doesn't it uh yeah is, it does have it does have like linting and debugging um but it also has the ability to like do use not only javascript but you can do stuff like coffee scripts like the preprocessor things like that you're able to bundle in well able to like run it through preprocessors like the six to five processor so chrome at the moment doesn't allow for es6 classes which is a bit right. annoying so when i'm playing around because i was i was playing around with these monoids and stuff i wanted to use es6 all the cool new stuff that you can have and yeah so what you do is you can run it through like six to five which is a which is like a project that allows you to switch between or convert the code from es6 code to compatible es5 code which is pretty cool and it pretty much sports the whole standard of es6 which is pretty crazy um and yeah it's just been does it out of the box pretty awesome and it's so much fun being able to just say oh i want to work on something okay just load up this page you know and, and start coding away and you can just hack away on it so Really fun, really fun stuff. I'm really enjoying that. JavaScript's probably one of those languages that whether you're a front end, back end, whatever, you kind of need to need to get oh, your head around it, don't you? It's the web assembly, isn't it? It really is. Like the amount of one thing I've I wanted to do a blog post on the amount of, or maybe even just a podcast on all the different preprocessors that convert that process. You know, you know, transform from a, a certain code start, you know, code to JavaScript. I mean, there's insane amount. Closure script, um, TypeScript, PureScript, CoffeeScript. Um, it's it's crazy. It really is insane how many processes. And it, they all go down to JavaScript because JavaScript's the one that's the default de facto on the web. So is this because no one wants to write raw JavaScript? And um, yeah, it, and no, so like, that kind of abstraction. It, you know, it's solving, quite horrible, isn't it? it, it there's there's it, the good parts, isn't there? Like Douglas Crockford said, but ES6 is going a long way to make it better uh, on its own. Um, so digress a minute when you're talking about ES6 and ES5 you touched on this last week so what what are ES6 and ES5 so when these, you say are, the that? St- what these you... are the standards um, so 2009 ES5 came out which is the ECMAScript standard 5 when you uh, say Java's... standards are you in the PHP world are these like the PSR2s and that kind of standard uh, no, based so the, thing so, or... so it's a bit different in the JavaScript world because so we've got PHP um, which doesn't actually have a code so the implementation really is the code standard Mm-hmm. Um, in, in languages like Python, you have the code standard saying this is what Python code looks like. This is how to interpret it and stuff. But then you have different implementations of the compilers or the interpreters themselves. So they're split off. Um, you know, like in Python, you have the, the code standard and then you have like stuff like C Python, Ion Python, and all these different implementations of the Python, you know, interpreter and how they run it, which is cool because you get competition in this space and you get a standard in this space. 
PHP is kind of melded together where you have the code and the standard is one thing because there's only one implementation of it. They're, they're hoping to break out yeah. and have their own standard of this is what PHP is. Make your own version, you know, make your own interpreter on it. Um, so JavaScript's very similar where JavaScript's actually uh, ECMAScript. Um, and you, so, you know, this is ECMAScript 5, which had a standard, which had a lot of st- new cool things in 2009. And then they've been able to, and it'll be happening, I think, mid this year, 2015, we'll get ECMAScript 6 as a standard. Um, that will take a while to get into the browsers fully, but we have different implementations of the JavaScript runtime. So you have V8, which is Google's one, which Node uses. You have things like JaegerMonkey, I think it's still called now, I think, which is uh, fi- which is awesome, just Jaeger. Jaeger the, the, the naming of things uh, in web never fails to <laughs> so amaze awesome, Which is Firefox's one. I think you have Titron, I think that's the way it's called, or something funky in IE. And they all have their own benefits and cons, you know. They all work for speed. They're all trying to, you know, push the boundaries and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so they're, 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 but they also work in slightly different ways, I think. But they all conform to the standard that is ECMAScript 5 or 6. So, so you know that you can use these things and be, you know that these are going to work throughout each different runtime, each different interpreter. Oh, it's okay. That's quite interesting. I may have to investigate. My, Java, my JavaScript's not too bad. I... I well, I say JavaScript, I wrote mainly, I, I use jQuery, not raw JavaScript. I use bits and bobs, but it is something that I really enjoy using. I think it's amazing. You should, just, you... You should honestly just crack open JSBIM and start playing around. Just making like, you know, just fictitious apps and this weird stuff like thinking, oh, okay, just playing around with, you know, currying and playing around with, you know, composition through JavaScript. Because I was starting, because when I was playing around with this JavaScript course initially, I was like, oh, it's okay. I, I just because I'm very, you know, loyal to PHP, and obviously, I think there's a niche in PHP. You know, I can write a blog post in PHP, and you know, it kind of is different because other languages have, you know, already taken advantage, you know, kind of explored these things. Mm. Um, but then I started playing around, you know, with doing these things in PHP, and they look messy. Uh, you know, <laughs> functional programming in PHP is not not that pretty, and so is like, you know, invocation of like you can't one thing i would wish php could do and there was like ages ago an rfc for it it was to be able to and it's a really simple thing to do like python can do it javascript can do it is say that you've got a function that takes an argument that returns Mm -hmm. another function which takes an argument right in php you can only so you could only invoke you know so you call the first function and it returns yeah. another function, but you can't automatically then have like two curly brackets. So you can't have it. So, you know, argument one and then also argument two straight after it. I can't remember. I don't know what the technical term is. You can't do that. So you have to have an intermediary variable that stores it, which is a bit of a pain. It gets on my nerves a bit because especially with composition and stuff like that, it's so much nicer to be able to do these things. Yeah. Um, and currying is just awesome. Like the ability to kind of, the idea of currying is it's it, currying in its in in its official definitive term is the idea. Say you've got a a function that takes two arguments, like the add function a and b. So it has an arity, which is just how many how many parameters it has, how many arguments it takes of two. So it's got an arity of two. What it does is it just splits that that function into an arity of one, and it just returns another function that takes the next argument. And Haskell does this where, so really you can partially apply or eat any any function. So add, you know, add one and two, 
will now actually be add one and you could keep that as its own function so that add add one would be an increment of function because if you pass it another number it will add one to it so you know it's very cool like very it's it's so such a different man like manner of and a way of thinking you know in these small functions that do certain things and then you compose them together and this whole like point free programming and haskell and yeah so having a lot of fun with that and javascript's a great playground for it because things like typescript which is from micro well i think don't know if it's from microsoft but they have a very large backing and it actually provides like a type system in javascript which is pretty cool when you've got like generics and stuff so I'm hoping to do a blog post on functors and maybe uh, like monads and stuff with all this funky <laughs> stuff and TypeScript and JavaScript and CoffeeScript and all this stuff. But yeah, I feel like you've you've won on the uh, tutorial front this week. I've just been doing a bit of Photoshop. Well, no, hey, Photoshop yeah. is its own different beast. I've given up. I, I I gave up a long time ago trying to be like I just it's not me. It's, it's interesting. We all go down different paths with it, don't we? Well, it's cool because like I think. Like, you really want to be kind of like an all-round. And I think that's really good and really valuable because you need to be, you know, like, I think in the web thing, like, especially if you want to, like, become freelance web designer or web developer, you know, you you need to... I mean, remember you saying that you had, you know, when you did your uh, projects, you had a couple of freelance projects and, you know, you, you kind of sent out, a, you know, used a couple of designers and yeah. didn't go the best in some cases. Had a couple of bad experiences. Had a couple of yeah, bad experiences. Absolutely. And you know for for your business for actually your, your, your yourself you know unless you're gonna have a full-on designer as well and you kind of work together and pair it, it's good for you to be able to do these type of things and to think that way i suppose the thing is is thinking design wise and thinking program wise though they're both kind of you know they're both beautiful in their you know art in their own ways I find it very hard to kind of think, you know, kind of design something that's beautiful than code something that may be beautiful, if that makes yeah. any sense. It's quite weird because I, I sometimes think like some of these these 100% devoted back-end developers, do they ever actually kind of see the website as, you know, that they're working on or do they just const- they're constantly looking at the, that, that's the code, it. the that individual is the code bit and, that they're working on? And, and I, I, I like to see the whole website. I like to I like to build the whole thing. I mean, our jobs work very differently, don't they? I'm kind of building yeah, you're, smaller you're, websites and taking them through from start to finish, doing all the front end, doing everything. And you're you're working as part of a massive project within a team of dedicated developers, all on this one thing. And it's it's very different. I mean, it's it's cool. I'd like to do I'd, to do both, but I I can't help but but like doing the whole thing as well and build taking a website and making it from start to finish. A website like yours will never be finished, will it? No, it's, it's a kind web, of constant. Yeah, it's a web service, and that's yeah, it's this constant web application that you know constantly changes. Yeah. We we, constantly. we actually joke sometimes saying, "Oh yeah, we just finished the website now. We're we're, we're off now. The, 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 That'll do. Done, everyone's yeah. done. We for shipped the... it. You know, that's it. It's it's over." But how does that? I mean, do you, do you guys have a, like a three month, six month, nine month year action plan? Of... Oh yeah, we've got a massive roadmap of what things we want to do. There's there's I I know you're thinking like it's like is there always something to do? There's always something to do. Oh um, yeah, there must be. Even it, if it's, it's just quite refactoring, cool. I, um, you know. And and the thing is, is like I actually prefer this environment than the whole yeah. start to finish. I think for me, I kind of I don't the responsibility of doing it all is great because some people you know like like as you say like you like seeing the whole finished project as well i kind of like working with other people and then seeing it and being like we did it together i mean 
it's it's i suppose it, it's similar actually but as you say like it's not only it's never actually your one main you know you did all of it which i can see has been quite nice because we're like yeah i did that interesting thing. i mean I've, it's like, I've i did never... that one little bit if that makes sense like i did that tiny there that yeah, bit there yeah i did that bit I've it's... never collaborated with anyone on any website that I've ever made, so it's it's something that I'd love to do. I really would love to do, but I guess because it's all I've ever known, so you've kind of experienced both sides of the fence. Well, this is why we need to, you know, think of a project, like think updating the three devs and a maybe website, maybe you know. What could we do with that? It I don't know. We could sort, so we could do it? something with it. We could just write it in a different language like write it in javascript write it, it you know like it's fun like having to play with a different language and especially some I, like I, I was about to embark on a node.js course that i bought you know i said about yeah, the udemy that, things like i said but literally the day before i was like right i'm going to start doing the node tomorrow i got an email saying yeah this whole code this whole course is outdated now i'm uh i'm, I'm in the process of making a new one. Oh, so solid thanks once, man once that's like, available it'll be ready node is the thing that i really want to get my teeth into well node is javascript man i mean if you yeah. learn javascript you'll learn load um you know it's got its api it's got and stuff like that and yeah hey another, uh, one thing i learned this week actually one new thing that's come out is uh, a new version of audio hijack the lovely program that's recording this podcast today does the job well doesn't it it does audio hijack three and it looks pretty spiffy, actually. But I'm just yeah. I, I, at the moment, I didn't have a chance today to uh, experience it, have a little look at it. But the 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 user interface looks pretty damn nice. It's quite a cool piece of kit, in it. But I quite like Garage Band. I think it's uh, Garage Garage Garage, garage Band. Sorry, but I think Garage does just Garage. I, actually, I suppose that's what Mickey used to use, isn't it? Actually, to record, he used to. No, he was Garage Band because he's an owner. Garage Band. Garage Band. Touching glass. <laughs> <laughs> touching glass is gonna uh gonna be in gospel singing i don't know what i'm talking about um yeah so I, it's a really nice bit of kit and i i audio hijack pro well it's called audio hijack now it's not called audio hijack pro so they've yeah. taken a pro off which I don't know marketing time you think it's just like hang on so it's not pro anymore people might mm. think but no it's really awesome um i suppose the thing is actually is if you call it audio hijack pro you expect a standard version yeah, yeah. I, I think it's funny because I think we've only ever come to that because like the Windows XP Pro and the Windows XT Home Edition. Do you remember that? Windows XP Home Edition, Windows XP Professional. And then you had like all these skewies for when it was Windows Vista where it had like bajillion like, and you had Ultimate Edition. Good old solid Windows. I don't use Windows anymore at all. You I must don't know be if happy. I'm happy. You must be so happy. Sometimes, it's, oh, sometimes come on. it's so good not to have to use that. Surely it is. I, I definitely prefer using the Mac. I, I have to say, it, it, it is better. But I, yeah, I, I, I used Windows for so long, and it's just so nice not having things crash and stuff. I think that makes the well. And I just feel the app. I mean, this is you know goes into a little bit of a Apple fanboy thing. But the the apps on and just you know the Unix underpinnings and the apps on Mac are so nice and so much nicer um they, you know, they 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 feel like they've been cared for a lot more i mean like audio hijack just looks lovely the new one the the, the current one i'm using looks brilliant uh sketch is awesome you know and yeah i, I can't go wrong i mean I, I saw an article in the week or i saw a headline for an article perhaps i should have clicked it saying something about microsoft is going to ditch internet explorer yeah i did you see or hear anything I, I was like, about that, that. I, that I, I i still haven't read up on that um so maybe we'll have to postpone till next week for that bit. Um, or maybe if you want to quickly have a little look in, we can... Uh, cause look, it, can't, it can't be right because we have only just had Christmas. So 
it can't be uh, it can't be happening again <laughs> yeah, all over surely and over. they need to wait you know until it's a, a lovely holiday season to give this great gift yeah exactly. I actually, so, it... talking about gifts actually uh so you know uh, github gists or gists or whatever they are and i yeah are they just kind of they're is just it code a bit snippets. like a forum they're, oh, no, they're, they're code... pretty much just code snippets you know people I, I do it just dump code snippets on there and I found but people it also always also post comments on there and kind of interact using the uh, gist as well. Do, don't yeah, seen... like sometimes when you know it's like oh, I need to show an example, and they just make a gist of it instead, and mm. or gist of it. But I found them to be a really valuable learning resource as well, um, especially like for all the JavaScript stuff. Like I can go to Google and I type in say like maybe Monad JavaScript gist, and I find a load of examples that people have just posted and then playing around doing that concept. And I find better ones than I can find on blogs and stuff. So, yeah, add, just just append like you know, gist onto the end of your Google search sometimes, and see if you can find a better uh, one there. I, I find don't that use people GitHub enough. I'm, I use Bitbucket. Yeah, I'm you a, see, a... how you enjoy it because Bitbucket has that brilliant thing of being the private repos. The private repos win out, don't they? But oh, pardon me. That's exactly why I why I use it yeah. because I I I use it to store all the company code. And um, so I can work between home and there and stuff, and obviously have it all in, in a remote location. And because it's it's not personal stuff; it's company stuff. So you don't want things to be in there that can be accessible by the public and stuff. I mean, surely so, they would uh, fund for a lovely GitHub, you know? GitHub. I guess they probably account, would, you know? but I suppose, I suppose, why would yeah, they need to? Though, when it, Bitbucket you, does yeah, the Bitbucket job, does it? I mean, so what is Bitbucket's thing then? That deal. So how do it they get exactly mon- the same. How do they get money? That, that's that's. Like, is it, I think that's like maybe I think it's to do isn't it to do with like how many people can you collaborate on the project and stuff which for you actually works really well it's not, yeah it's not not an issue because I'm the only one that that uses it I mean I have invited a couple of other people into the repos from time to time so, so they such as the, the other company and... we occasionally work alongside but no it they use it SBN the don't they still uh, yeah they do actually but that's a whole other story <laughs> But I, I was quite intrigued to see. Um, Lar- I think Laravel have changed the way they're handling their environments these days. They they get ignoring the environment files rather than actually like detecting stuff with inside like a development folder and and whatever else, like such as the conventional. Or I, was, I, I saw a Laravel wow, tutorial the other day that. where they cool. so to obviously keep the um, the files that might have things like database credentials away this, from being on, yeah. on, on GitHub. It's it's kind of scary. Like I, I um. So what was it like the the podcast I spoke about probably a couple of weeks ago that was Git Git Master I think it was, um, and I watched listened to a podcast on there and it was to do with rebasing and changing history, um, and the idea that you know so say if you do accidentally push up to GitHub or a public repository passwords because it's kind of scary now actually that people are um crawling like there are bots out there crawling uh, part like uh, repos github repos and all these repos like public web you know shit code sharing repos for passwords yeah because it, yeah. you know it's a really easy way to do you know if someone actually does he does it quickly so, so first thing if you ever did do it change your password immediately you know on pretty much all things you know you should have a random password for everyone everything but you know anything that uses that password then you've got to change them all uh secondly you know, the thing you want to do to, to remove that from history is by using Git rebase, you know, and like rewriting history. And this, I can't remember what the actual program was, but he had a really cool, you know, Git like Guardian, the website like Guardian, uh, online Guardian. They, when they release their code for public, you know, just show like, hey, here's an open source project. They, they rebased the whole code and they changed like the commits and 
you know obviously if there's profanity in the crypts we want to remove that and if there's like you know the people who committed it they're using that like their email address they want to switch it to the github email addresses that are you know usernames and stuff like that um well you know ones that are referenced by github and they also are able to like you know say actually you know i don't want that file to be included you know and it will like go through and it will replay the whole history so the way they do it is the way rebasing works is it goes back to the you know the furthest commit that doesn't need a change and it will actually go through and redo the commits you know set in the way in order you want it to do maybe you'll search because you can also do git field oh, what is it called there's a there's there's a function in git that allows you to actually run a command on every commit that you do so you could run like a bash script that says go through these commits and run this command or run this script and this script then searches for any password file you know you know any password that you may have typed in and says you know remove it don't don't put it in and it will actually replay all those commits again and obviously by abiding by this filter you know saying okay yeah you don't want that anymore and it will just do that and i'll put it in the show notes because i'm probably not giving it a good enough service but it's amazing no i think i'm with i'm with you on what you mean though so you mean by the time they obviously realize oh yeah we don't really want to be displaying all these passwords they've obviously got it stored in their history they've got it in the history and then so they've got to think about everything They've got, I mean, it, they've got it in the history. They've also got it. They've got, you know, people's private email addresses, your company email addresses they don't want. So what they do is they rebase it, clean it up. I mean, how I work typically now is, you know, having these feature branches, uh, you know, put pull request branches. And I do a ton of commits, all very small, specific commits that allow me then to, once I want to, you know, rebase it, roll it all up into a nice, clean commit history. Boom, you're done. Ship it off, and it looks like I've just done it in a couple of steps where it may have taken ages. I should ages. probably look at doing it. I mean, I just just commit after commit. Cause, well, I mean, it, again, it I'm the only on, one that I'm the only one that's working with it, so I know that's it. Know and it depends on how you want to work, like the working history you want. Because in in the case of like the book that I'm reviewing, the DDD and PHP book for my uh, for Kavan um, and his friends, is that they have they're very much they just push to master because with lean pub um you know automatic they want to give the latest and greatest to people every time they can so like i did a, a bit of a review this weekend and you put and you push it just straight to master which feels weird to me now because i'm so used to put making a pull you know making a pull request and then it get merged in but they just want it to be rolling you know so the git history for martin master is a bit messy like you know it says like fixed do unfixed do you know this kind of yeah you know very much but it's the way it's the way that project wants to be worked, you know, and the fact that they want you know master to be the net, the greatest that's on currently going. So it, it, it all depends on your workflow. I still I still love to see how these big teams actually work with use a Git workflow and how it works with all. Well, I mean, merging in left, right, and things like Facebook. it sounds so fiddly. Well, things like Facebook, the way that they've done. I mean, you you you, you can go down a couple of routes, can't you? You can kind of have separate github repository no separate not github they're git repositories you know separate repositories for each individual section uh you know each subsection of the site and then you have like a a major one that pulls them all in and merges them together for it to be deployed um facebook actually just has one repo right one repo because it's so much easier like them um, before I got to this company, that they started doing subtree splits, which is this idea of being able to, you know, merge them into one and split them off into their own, you know, Git, Git repos and stuff. And the issue is, is that once if you want a commit that touches not only this repo, but stuff on that repo, oh, you then yeah. have to make two commits, you know, one there and one there, and you have to be very careful that they both have to go in at the same time and stuff. So having this one, one yeah, just, just have one repository. 
one big repository and you work on it and you can touch any files that you need to touch you know and everything and i suppose there's a lot of trust in that you know you're touching the files you, you know you're not going to get these massive merge conflicts um but it's it's such a better way of working yes the, the merge conflicts there must be do you have you had to, had to deal with many of those yeah we, quite, a, quite... A, quite a few i mean a couple of them have been weird like you get a couple of ones like what's wrong with that and then you're looking like, oh there's that tiny little change there or something and my my one of my pet that hates and i, I it's a pet hate i say it's a pet hate. it's what i do which i hate um is <laughs> that i uh yeah a pet hate that i hate uh is that i act sometimes accidentally so you get a merge conflict and you look in the file and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, fix that merge conflict. You, you know, delete, like, you know, you get the head. This is what this looks like. That's what that looked like. Choose one, resolve it. Yeah, 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 that's great. And then you push it. And then you commit it. And you look at your history, you look for the commit again, just thinking, oh, let's have a little quick look, you know, what I did. And you realize, ah, sugar. I've committed a git conf- you know, a, a, a merge conflict, which is both versions of it. And you then have to go back. And so you actually have just, you know, merged it. You've just, you know, you committed the merge conflict You've certainly, that it was. Bro- certainly broken the app <laughs> yeah actually sometimes you do because of the fact yeah especially yeah. If, it, if it's html it's quite lenient um, yeah but yeah if it's something like on css but if it's yeah if it's the php code yeah yeah it's yeah, definitely doesn't like a whole it. world of pain um, how does that the hierarchy work with all that did you does there is there one person that does the final poll or, uh, or, oh, final question, or? so yeah so we we do stuff, you know, push it to master once it's all been reviewed and everything, and then uh, the boss just goes. I mean, currently it's a manual process of switching it to a new version. So we deploy a new version, um, that makes a folder with that version in, and then we just do a symlink switch of what the current version is. Switch it over to the. I did a little sound effect there. Um, little sound <laughs> effect to switch it over to the new one, and we also keep the old one around because once if something goes wrong, we can quickly switch it back to the old one. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it, it's very much a nice workflow. Um, ideally, you know, you get continuous delivery, which is every time you push to master, it will automatically be deployed, which is quite cool. Uh, that's very rapid. Um, you know. Because, you know, really you should be confident, especially with your unit tests, especially, you know, with the environments that you use, that pushing code to the user, once you've, once you've run it through the test, once you've, you know, made sure it works, you're it. And you're like, well, okay, this should work live. You know, you, you should, there shouldn't be a big hoo-ha. If only we're that crazy. This is the thing, isn't it? And I think yeah, that's a changing culture been. and a changing kind of working, at, you know, working philosophy. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun yeah yeah i must admit do you, do you when you um when you say you're um you're going live with a new big change or something you're going to put in a big change do you do you switch the branch then before when you actually go live and make sure everything's fine and then have the master to go back to if it, if it uh, no goes... so we normally so what you do is you you have your you, you know your, your pull request with the branch and then you say okay it's good you merge it into into master you, you then test master to make sure that's working all right uh you know run it through jenkins and stuff and then you just do the deploy um, if anything went wrong, we we wouldn't change history in master, so we would actually do a revert in in master. You know, the master branch. You'd then say, "I'll oh, revert that commit," because you want to keep. You yeah. know, you don't want to rebase commit, uh, rebase master. It gets a bit confusing. Um, so then we push it up, and then we do those changes. So you could see in the history that something went wrong, mm. um, because that's the beautiful thing about having a version control system as well. Is it's a story of the code base. You know, it's metadata of the code base of what's happened. And, you know, if something went wrong, uh, you know, it's good to have it in the code base that something went wrong, you know, that we had problems with that. And you can see that we reverted it. So, yeah, it, it's a good kind of, I, I like that way of doing it. Yeah. Moral of the story is everyone use Git. <laughs> yeah. Use a version control system, Mercurial or Git. Don't use SVN. Um, 
They when say you said just now about running it through Jenkins, what's Jenkins then? Jenkins is a continuous integration uh, framework, well, well, application software package. It seems like it's, it's this beast. that um, It's a Java-based application, but it, what it allows you to do is it allows you to have an environment where you're able to, uh, like, say, like, it pulls in a Git repository, it will do the setup for it, it knows how to set it up, it knows how to run the tests, and then it will provide, you know, these deep, like, PHP unit and all these testing frameworks and selenium they provide like return xml like results and jenkins able right. to then process these results send you emails um show what happened and stuff like that so it gives you and uh, you know the, the idea there is that it allows you even though you've tested it on your machine locally it then tests everything the whole code base and allows other people to see what if that is working okay so this, it's, is, this is it's quite commonly used, is it? Then it's not something that I've heard. Oh, of it's before. very yeah, but. very um, especially. I mean, th- th- this is where it goes into the different kinds, isn't it? Because you know, setting up Jenkins just for a, 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 a you know a web app build, it's like you know the pros and cons of it. It's like if you use you know, do you know what I mean? It's but if it's for a web application or a bigger project, it's definitely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's that weighing it up isn't it of like is it beneficial enough for me to actually have a jenkins you know ci running can you framework you know server running just for a small web application but things like you know online e-commerce platforms that are you know bringing in loads of money or projects that you're going to know that are lasting a long time uh that are going to be around a long time that you have a lot of tests for that you want to make sure that work and you know you know that you know maybe it gets bigger than just you using it it's very valuable yeah. to have these these services and these things. I think, you know, the nice thing now is, like, you have things like Travis CI, which is an open source uh, free one that, you know, it, it works. You can pay for it to use to be able to pull up or pull down, sorry, um, like private GitHub, uh, GitHub repos and, and private repos. Um, but open source repos and repos that are public on GitHub, they, they'll freely do it for you for free. Freely do it for you for free. That's a lovely saying. <laughs> um and freely do it for you for a fee for a fee for a free uh, yeah. and yeah which is awesome and and they actually do all the hard work of you know running it and testing it and then returning you results that sounds useful i might have to investigate it is very very cool um another one of those thing... things where unless oh sorry you, uh, you go yeah. man. no i was gonna say it's one of those that unless you've actually heard of it you know how would you ever well you know, it's i mean, not it's, something it's, that... it's when you use it i mean it's when you need to use it i mean i i set up jenkins for the project i was working on from you know uh like late earlier last year because it started becoming a bigger project it was it was a big project from the offset that i knew it was going to be well didn't know it's going to be that big uh you know so you kind of yeah you 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 know you kind of know that that project's going to need it it's going to bring other people in you're going to want to keep you know know what's going on make sure it's you know the test suite is passing and yeah it just gives you that extra safety net really of like confidence extra confidence well, that's boost. Good. Um, one website you will have to check out is something called emojimask.com, and we all want these. Mm. Uh, you know emojicons. <laughs> we all have emojicons. We yeah. love emojicons. Um, yeah, so if you look at these emojimask.com, these are paid for. You can pay for these. These are actual printout masks of, of emojicons. And the glorious... <laughs> Uh, Why is there a woman sat on the toilet on the homepage? There's a woman sat on the because that's the poo that you have on the emoticons. Uh, Amy, do you want to quickly see this? Uh, so check this out. You get a whole. You see, you get all these different ones, but you have a mask, the emojicon mask of the poo. It's genius. It's just genius. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just genius, and and that picture is so wrong. This is what you do in your spare time, is it? This is what I do in my spare time. Is just 
sit around with friends with poo masks on. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so that, you that, heard that, it here that, first, uh, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first, indeed. So yeah, that that's just a little website. Maybe you know they they can they'll ship to England and you can. Oh dear, very different. We will, we will see. Very very different. Cool. Um, cool, cool. And finally, one last thing actually yes. is the so just being I just noticed this today. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's probably been a couple of weeks. But we in PHP seven, we will be getting return types in PHP. F- you know, function so, and method declarations will now be able to specify what the actual return type is, which is great for documentation. No more PHP docs just to tell you what it's going to return. They finally there was loads of there was loads of you know things uh, loads of different kind of ways RSCs floating around of what that you know what way to do it and stuff. But they seem this one seems to be the one that they've settled on. The proposal's good, looks great, deals with all the problems. Uh, so yeah, we'll be getting return types similar to how Hack does it. Yeah, cool. I'm just having a little read down the list, which is very cool. And I saw practice. one thing that they've in PHP five point six how you can pass in. Um, an unlimited number of argu- number of arguments. Oh, PHP five, yeah, yeah, veridatic functions, which is just a nice yeah. way of saying, as you say, yeah, you can just say dot dot dot. Give me yeah, all that. Yeah. That's what's in ES six as well, which is cool. Um, it's great because that yeah, fu- functions that you know func get args is is lovely, but again, it's very un. Well, it's not self documenting, is it? It's it like, feels like a it feels like a hack. As it well, is. Really. It's just like you know you had this. Em- it's really strange when you see an empty function. Uh, you know, parameter list, and you're like, hang on, but you look in the code, and you're, like, oh right, they want to get all of them as arg, you know, like it's a, you know, a very datic function. It wants to have as mo- many, uh, you know, parameters, arguments as it needs, yeah, as it wants, and yeah, yeah. So I oh, think oh. it's very cool, very cool indeed, and that that's really me wrapped up for what that's, I've got to say. I kind really of just, wrapped, well. I've just uh, yabbed on. I'm really sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. You've you've yabbed on about some interesting <laughs> stuff, so that's good. Far more. Far more productive yabbing than I have. So no, we're, we're... not a chance, sir. How, um, <laughs> so anything you want to leave the uh, lovely audience with? We do have the microphone, and we do have control without Fraser or Mickey here, so we could make up lies of where they currently are at. I mean, Barry Malolo has already probably been, you know, used, I reckon. Been used, and uh, simply Ed. I don't know what else we could say. No, I think I we're mean, good. maybe the truth. They're, they're probably just sleep. They're probably actually Wait, in the do pit we, of do their we know own... Pain. Do we know where they are or what I they're doing? I have no idea, but I bet How they're they the spending their, their time. The pit of their own pain is a lovely saying that I've just made up. Um, you know, to do with their lovely, their lovely uh, half marathon, almost half marathon. Almost, yeah, not quite. Like they didn't not quite, quite get they there. They couldn't handle a whole full marathon. So they marathon. can't. They can't say that they've done a half uh, marathon. So he's, he's lying on Facebook and Twitter, isn't he? God, Mickey, yeah. liar, so, liars. So, such is the measure of the man. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. <laughs> Bush. You do bazinga. You guys got owned. <laughs> oh, we're so good at trash talking and yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, that is yes. me done. Would you like to say goodbye to lovely audience? Wrap this one up. Will do indeed. Thank you very much, folks. It's been a pleasure as always speaking to you, Edward. Yes, you too, sir. Let's okay. can this episode. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get the four of us back on together soon. It's Absolutely. been a few weeks. Hopefully next week we will see. Yeah, you never know. We will see. Cool. All right. Well, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe. Stay and safe. avoid the... Aliens. The... They're around. Yeah. They exist. They do. See you later. Bye. bye bye You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.